Welcome to Plugged Into Christ. I'm your announcer, Zavin Grady. We welcome you to this weekly podcast hosted by pastor and teacher William Polis. Today, Pastor Polis is continuing with part five of his series, Hezekiah, the Godly King. Pastor Polis will be reading 2 Kings chapter 19, starting in verses 1, ending in verse 13. We hope that you will be blessed in gleaming wisdom and knowledge from the word of God. Now here is Pastor William Polis with our weekly podcast. We want to welcome you all to this podcast. We hope that it, it's a blessing to you because uh, <clears throat> this is why <clears throat> the purpose why we do this. We like I like teaching the Bible. I like teaching history and biblical archaeology as well. It's really something that I love to do. And today we're going to, as uh, our announcer, Mr. Grady, told us we're going to we're going to we're going to dive into the next chapter of Second Kings. We were in chapter 18, the last four lessons. Now we're going to be in chapter 19 for a couple of lessons. And then uh, after that, we're going to do chapter 20. Then uh, from there, as we need to. I hope that this uh, podcast enriches your Bible knowledge and, uh, and blesses you throughout your day. Um, I can tell you, when I was seven years old, uh, I was influenced very heavily through my mother uh, to... Um, watch the Reverend Billy Graham, and um, I, I wanted to become, even at that time after I was saved, wanted to be a, wanted to be a preacher, and I used to preach when I was a boy to uh, children in the neighborhood, a block of sandstone and two big oak logs, and when I used to go out there and preach, and they used to come over, and they used to hear my voice and come over and listen. Right now, I want to give you a um, short review of last week's podcast uh, would be part four of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the great uh, godly king. In uh, chapter 18, verse 18, we know that the representatives of Hezekiah and those of the king of Assyria met in the conduit of the upper pool, which is in the highway of the forward field. What was the reason for this meeting? The king of Assyria, which was the second king, because the first king had died before him, and he's the one who attacked Israel, the northern kingdom, and he overran and took over Samaria. Now we have uh, this second king, Sennacherib, coming in, and he's poised to attack. Now, when, they, when Hezekiah's men, his representatives, go and speak or go in to hear and listen, they are told to say nothing to, this, to the representatives. It is the Assyrian representative, Rebashaka, is the one who speaks for most of chapter 18. His words in the, to King Hezekiah through his representatives are cruel and devious. His words about Jehovah God are blaspheming and evil. He insults not only Hezekiah, but also Jehovah God. He speaks words to Hezekiah's people in an attempt because there's people standing on the wall watching and guarding the walls of the city. And this is an attempt for them to scare them into surrendering Jerusalem. Now he tries to make a deal with them in verses 23 of chapter 18 and 31 as well and verse 32. And he tries to sow doubt in Hezekiah, his, his representatives, because he has removed all the pagan 
idols in all the high places. He even says this in verse 22. How can you trust Hezekiah? He's removed all the, the pagan idols. And uh, now there's no place for, for people to worship gods. But to Hezekiah's people, it's one God, Jehovah God. And he doesn't realize that these people, the, the southern kingdom of Judah and its people, don't want these other gods, pagan gods, in their, in their place of worship in the house of the Lord. Rabbi Shaka tries to sow so doubt in Jehovah God, uh, whom Hezekiah knows that God will help. And he speaks of other little g gods who have not helped other nations that the Assyrians have conquered. We find this in verses 33 through 35 of chapter 18. Finally, the meeting is over, and Hezekiah's representatives return to the king, to Hezekiah, and tell him what Rabbi Shaka has said. And they have already rent their clothes. Now, to rent your clothes, this is to show the station of the blasphemy the representatives of Syria, of Assyria have spoken. And also the grief and despised affliction of the condition of Jerusalem. Now that brings us to the today's lesson of, of 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it, he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. This is the response of King Hezekiah to run his clothes with the same showing of blasphemy and grief affliction on the condition of, is of Jerusalem that his representatives had shown him. He is appalled by this. He's appalled by the things, the blaspheming of, of Jehovah God that these, this, this representative, Rabbi Shaka, has spoken concerning Jehovah God. It, it, to him, it's, it, it's unconscionable. Now, he removes his robes and he dresses in sackcloth, which is to show deep concern at the dishonor done to God by Rabbi Shaka's blasphemy. Royal robes, by the way, are, are not good to be rent. Uh, neither is flesh good to be clothed in sackcloth in humiliation for the indignities done to God and for the perils and terrors of his Jerusalem. This is how Hezekiah looked at it. This is how he viewed it. It was a it was a shock and a and a deep concern of the dishonor done not only to him. Second Kings nineteen verses two through five. And he sent Elikiam, who was over his household, and Shebna the scribe, and the elders of the priests covered with sackcloth to Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos. Now, and this is the day in which uh, we hear that Isaiah was the prophet in the southern kingdom of Judah. And he said unto them, unto him, Thus said Hezekiah, This is the day of trouble and of rebuke and of blasphemy, for the children are come to birth, and there is not strength to bring birth. To bring birth is, is, a, is a Hebrew, to translate that from the Hebrew language is to, to give birth. Verse 4, it may be the Lord thy God will hear the words of Rabbi Shaka, whom the king of Assyria, his master, has sent to reproach the living God and will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. 
Wherefore, lift up thy prayer for the remnants that are left. So the servant of Hezekiah came to Isaiah. Now, through his representatives, through the representatives of Hezekiah, coming going to, to going to the prophet Isaiah, he wants to instruct them to speak these things to Isaiah. What's the one urge Isaiah to engage in prayers for them? Two, that the Lord God will hear the blasphemous words of Rabbishaka and disprove them. That his words, and to recognize that his words were haughty and insolent in disrespect for the living Jehovah God, and that God will stand by the remnant of his people. They come with the knowledge and understanding and, they, and the communication to Isaiah that they believe that they feel despised, and they believe that the Jehovah God has been dishonored. This is what the message is from the representatives of Hezekiah going to Isaiah. This is what Hezekiah wanted to, to convey through his representatives to Isaiah. Second Kings, verses 6 and 7. And Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall ye say unto your master, This saith the Lord, be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have been have blasphemed me, blasphemed me. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor, and he shall and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fail to fall by the sword of his own land. The Lord speaks through Isaiah, and he tells us the servants of Hezekiah's servants, tell the king not to be afraid of what they've heard. The Lord God has, has heard it himself, the blaspheming of Rabbi Shaka, representative of the king of Assyria. He's heard what he's spoken. And he's telling him, you must understand that these are words, though fiery and swelling, are words but unto the wind. Now, Jehovah God has spoken to the prophet Isaiah, saying that he will send a fiery blast upon him. Now, what does this mean? A fiery blast? Well, according to uh, the research that I've done on this, God is going to send a pestilence upon his army and will kill them, be driven back to their own country where death shall meet the king of Assyria. And if you, you could find this, and if, if you Jump ahead in chapter 19, it'll be chapter 19, verses 35 through 37, which tells us here that, And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went to and returned to and dwelt in Nineveh. That's their capital city, Nineveh. And it came to pass, as he was worshipping in the house of Nashrach, his god, that Adramalek and Sherazar, his son, smote him with a sword, and they escaped into the land of Armenia. Urthadon, his son, reigned in his stead. This is what God is already saying is going to happen, and does happen. Now, Speaking about it historically, this is exactly what has happened, what is recorded historically. I'm, I'm speaking about, outs we're reading the Bible, and I'm speaking about outside 
the history outside of the Bible tells us that Sennacherib was assassinated, just as the Bible tells us. It matches the history. Second Kings, verses eight through eleven. So Rabbishakla returned and found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he had heard him that he was departed from Lachish. And when he heard say, Jehaka, king of Ethiopia, behold, he has come out to fight against thee, he sent messengers again to Hezekiah, saying, Thus he shall, shall ye speak of to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Let not thy God, in whom thou trustest, deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be delivered into the, in the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, thou hast heard the king of Assyria have what he has done in all lands by destroying them utterly. And shalt thou be delivered? In verse 8, uh, Rabbi Shalakov delivers a message and is received with no answer and leaves his army before Jerusalem under the command of other generals. He goes to attend the king of, of Assyria for further orders, only to find that he has left Lachish and is unclear it was unclear if he was winning that siege anyway. But this made him, this made the king of Assyria want to make more haste to, a, to conquer Jerusalem. Now upon hearing that the Cushite army, the great Cushite army, was going to attack, and he and is wanting to take Jerusalem with all haste, Sennacherib now knows that trying to take Jerusalem with his army will take lots of time and men. So in verse 10 and 11, he now doubles his effort to pressure Hezekiah in a letter telling him that Jerusalem, you know, he's, he's threatening him to, you know, hey, this is what I've done in other lands. Verse, verse 11. Behold, thou hast heard what the king of Assyria had done to all lands by destroying them utterly, and shalt thou be delivered? You know, this is a pressure, uh, a game of pressure. And, and he's saying to him, you, you think that you're, your God, Jehovah, big G, you think he will deliver you out of the hands of the Assyrians? I know that you, you think you believe that. That's what he's telling him. Hey, I know you believe that. But uh, th this is a way to try to scare King Hezekiah and its people into surrendering Jerusalem to the Assyrians. First, uh, Second Kings 19, verses 12 and 13. This is a continuation of the letter. Have the gods of other of the nations delivered them which my fathers have destroyed, as Gozan and Haran and Repa and the children of Eden, which were in the Wassar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, and the king of Sephira, of Hena and Iva? Now you must remember that this is, again, just... These are words. They don't believe in Jehovah God. They don't believe in him. And I've already read to you what is going to happen to Sennacherib and his army. And so these are just words that he's puffing himself up. He's making himself seem mightier than he really is. Yes, he had conquered other lands. But he does not understand that the God of Israel, Jehovah, is going to stand behind and protect this southern nation, the southern kingdom, Judah, and he's going to 
take out the army of Sennacherib. See, he can't. He doesn't know this king of Assyria, Sennacherib, doesn't understand. He doesn't see. He can't see ahead in history. But God can, and God does. He sees it all. Note that his words are vain and puffy and speak of things that, that he's got himself built up by having conquered these nations. Um, and now he's not talking about just him. He's talking about kings that came before him as well, including the king, the king previous to him, directly before him, who had conquered Israel and his capital city, Samaria. So he's talking in these words as if, you know, these are such big achievements of, of the Assyrian people. What you need to know, both uh, as I'm reading to you biblically, but also historically and archaeologically speaking, that the Assyrians only lasted until about 605 B.C. Now, as I've illustrated to you before, the Assyrians were in the northern part of the lands in between the Tigris and Euphrates River. And, they, and their, their influence, their original influence of their nation, it, uh, went into what is now the southern part of Turkey. South of them were a people known as the Babylonians, who had developed and grew from the amalgamation of nations of, of, of Samaria. And they became the Babylonians. Now, north of the, of the Assyrians were people, of brutish people, not very refined, called the Medes. And it was the Medes and the Babylonians by a treaty and by agreement who attacked Assyria. And Assyria falls in 605 B.C. And that whole area then from that point on becomes... Babylonian. And you have the famous kings such as uh, Nebuchadnezzar and, and Sargon and others that came along. Well, we conclude this podcast here today. I pray this podcast to help you and understand the Bible better. I hope that you will join us next week for part six of Hezekiah, the Godly King. We will start in Kings chapter 19. Verse 14, if you live in Lorraine County area, we would love to have you come and join us at Lorraine Full Gospel Church. We are located at 1900 West 19th Street in Lorraine, Ohio. Until that point in time, God willing, I pray that you be blessed in the rest of your day. May God bless you and keep you. This has been a presentation of Plugged Into Christ with our host, Pastor William Polis. This is a production made possible through Plugged Into Christ, a podcast sponsored by Lorraine Full Gospel Church.